Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 197. What's right with Nick Wright? And this episode is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app, particularly for McDelivery. I love it because it's perfect for any situation. It's pouring rain. You don't want to go out to go get your McDouble. McDelivery. Your team's playing. You don't want to miss a single second. McDelivery. It's been a long day. Well, better way to fix that than getting a delicious double quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door with McDelivery. I personally love McDelivery when I'm watching a game, spending time with my family, maybe doing both. And now every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food. Who doesn't like free food? Everybody likes free food. Come on. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download McDonald's app today. At participating McDonald's, delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right. Big show. Big day. It's our gambling show. Uh, four and one last week, even though we didn't do a gambling show, I posted the picks to Twitter before the kickoff of the Thanksgiving games, won the first four games with great ease, had an eight and a half point dog. They won outright. We'll go through that later. Demonze's teaser looked great until the last leg, which is progress. Um, and so Demonze, great. The teaser you posted, the Thanksgiving day teaser that you, you posted for the audience. What? I posted you the teaser? Confused. I yeah, posted you did. You, oh, crap. Yes. You're sitting right next to me. You posted a teaser for the three Thanksgiving games and then Seattle screwed you cause they got blown out. You didn't yeah. actually bet that teaser. The bets you made on Thanksgiving lost as well, but you didn't post those. <laughs> Speaking of gambling. <laughs> sorry, pal. Speaking of gambling. Oh, such a satisfying gambling moment for me yesterday. So, I played in my weekly poker game and actually crushed. Shout out to Chip Bully. My a shout out, by the way, to my guy Chip Bully. Uh, my guy Joe Black, who I know it's public knowledge. He doesn't mind me saying this. He went down to Florida this weekend. Played in a massive, the WPT, 1,500-person tournament, $3,500 to enter. Came in 20th place. Oh, yeah, okay. he shipped, I mean, the according to the website, shipped over like 30 grand. Like, shout out to him. First place was almost a million bucks, and the guy who knocked him out in 20th ended up winning the whole thing. But coming in 20th in a 1,500-person World Poker Tour event. But that's not the gambling story. I played poker um, and and did well. But that's, again, not the gambling story. The gambling story is that that 
more before the poker game, we had our Fox bowling party. The bosses are there, both Carton Show and my show. And Wilds fancies himself quite the bowler. He has a little fancy <laughs> form. He does a whole thing. And I do not. I'm objectively a bad bowler. So I did the oldest trick in the book. The old, you know, if, yeah, it's, it's just a hustle. Which, and it was such a multi-layered, brilliant hustle. And the fact that I did it to Wilds was so glorious. So first, first match, I'm like, Wilds. Lay me 48 pens. So your score minus 48 to 47 and a half. And he was like, I'm not laying you 48 pens, blah, 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 blah. And so we play and he beats me by 50 and we have nothing on it. I'm like, all right. And Wilds, by the way, does not like gambling. And if he does, it's like for five or $10. So I went to him and I was like, all right, how about this? Lay me 34 and a half. For a hundred bucks. He's like, I'm not betting a hundred dollars, but I knew he wasn't betting a hundred dollars. But once you throw out a hundred, all of a sudden 50 sounds reasonable. And once you throw out 47 and a half is what you need to be laid and you lose by 50, 34 and a half sounds like a deal. And I got wilds to take the bet. Easiest money I ever made in my life. Easiest money I ever made in my life. I mean, he beat me by 20 pins, but it doesn't matter. He had to beat me by 35 pins, and it was $50. And there is, I've never had a more satisfying gambling victory than, hold on, let me find the rest of it, than this crisp 20-20-10, courtesy of Kevin Wilds. Just like an old school pool hustler, just making someone think you're bad, getting them overconfident. And I am bad, by the way, but 35 pins is a lot. All right, Demonze. Let's get to the actual show. Here's what missed the cut. LeBron gets his first tech for flopping. I assume it was unfair. Uh, Jimmy Butler files a trademark for Emo Jimbo. And what's right in Spotify rap? Shout out to all the people who we were a big part of their year in Spotify Wrapped. I appreciate each and every one of you. There's Michael Sintz and Ryan uh, Fuge, pardon me, Fruge, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize for a couple of people that tweeted about it. All right, Demonze, uh, let's get to the actual show. Go ahead. Yo, so Tyreek, uh, Tyreek Hill had a spicy quote or a spicy take, should we say, uh, talking about his current Dolphins team. Here's what he said. Uh, I feel like this is probably a, the better team than when we went, than when we won a Super Bowl back when I was on Kansas City. Uh, so Tyreek Hill is about to break the receiving record or maybe – but he can't seem to keep the Chiefs' names out of his mouth. By the way, I always see this as like yeah. blatant Mahomes disrespect. Uh, but who misses uh, who more between Tyreek Hill well, I, and the Chiefs? Oh, I mean, that's not even a quite Like, here's the thing. Uh, unique take here. I don't think either misses either. I think that it actually worked out really well for all parties. Now... We'll get to the Mahomes disrespect part in a moment because I, I understand what you're saying, but I look at it a little bit differently. But Tyreek already has a ring. By going to Kansas City, or by going to Miami, pardon me, he was able to check off the following boxes. Make way more money than he was going to make in Kansas City. Still continue to produce at a Hall of Fame level and you not and his production actually went up a touch and you could argue it's for for a lot of people it's more impressive now 
It's not like, well, you're a great player, but you have the best quarterback in the league. Everybody believes he is the engine that makes that team go. And so he got all of those things, and he gets to live in Miami, which for Tyree Kill is probably better than living in Kansas City. Like, and that's no disrespect against my hometown, but particularly, Ty, you know, for not for everyone wouldn't choose Miami over Kansas City, depending on the type, you know, the environment you want to be in or how much you value the weather, whatever it is. But I think for Tyree Kill, it's perfect. The Chiefs, on the other hand, have so many resources poured into the offense to be able to use Tyree Kill to get Trent McDuffie to free up salary cap space to build this young, dominant defense and win the Super Bowl with the first year without him. And if anybody, not that there were a lot of questions about Mahomes, but if if there were, the questions were were only, well, he has Tyree Kill and Andy Reid, and that, like, what would he be like if he didn't have all these weapons? And his first year without him, wins the MVP, highest scoring team in the league, scores 38 in the Super Bowl, answers all those questions. So for right now, I think it is a win-win. I don't think it's going to feel that way in a year or so. Because I don't think Tyreek's going to have these monster postseason moments. And I think he's going to miss that to a degree. So I think Miami is a good, not great team. I think Miami is a team that is not, as it's currently constituted, built to go on a deep playoff run. And Tyree Kill was building the resume of one of the greatest playoff performers ever. And now, last year, obviously, Skylar Thompson was their quarterback for the one playoff game. So what are you going to do? But even this year, the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl and Tyree Kill is home by the divisional round then I think there'll be a little angst, if you will. But right now, I think it's worked out great for both parties. And listen, I love Tyree Kill, the player. He's one of the greatest players, not only in Chiefs history, but he's one of the greatest players ever. Uh, I, I don't think that's an overstatement. I think that he is building the case that he should be in the discussion as the third greatest receiver ever. He's not there yet, but he's building the case that after Jerry and Randy, it could be Tyreek Hill. Um, what were you going to say, Demonze? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, nothing. <clears throat> no, the pictures are cute. Uh, do you want me to ask this next follow-up? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Before oh, so, you ask the follow-up, you said something about Mahomes. Oh, the Mahomes I don't think disrespect. It's Mahomes disrespect. I think it's really – he has been – and I give him credit for this, man. Since he got there, I think he's been trying to build up Tua. He has said some over-the-top things, throws the prettiest ball, is most accurate, all, all these things. I Which, I really just, if we remember when Tyreek got there, there were real questions about whether, I mean, the Dolphins tried to get Deshaun Watson. They were in the Aaron Rodgers discussions. They, uh, a year before, or I'm sorry, not the Aaron Rodgers discussion, pardon Brady? me, the Russell Wilson discussion. Wrong? And they, yeah, they lost a draft pick tampering trying to get Tom Brady so Tua was on shaky ground and Tyreek really helped build him up so I don't have a problem with any of that um but all right go ahead uh the 2019 Chiefs were seven and four heading into December Miami's eight and three so should should this be taken as a warning to the rest of the league is what Tyreek Hill is saying is kind of true I so I understand what he's saying and they were similarities in that that was a bend don't break Chiefs defense that just got some big stops, wasn't a great defense, they had this dynamic offense, all of those things. The distinction is 
the Chiefs knew unequivocally that the postseason, they're even in, in 2019, they already knew that Mahomes was an elite postseason performer because they had seen him in 2018 uh, win his first playoff game ever and then have three separate four, or second-half comebacks against Tom Brady and the Patriots in an all-time performance by him and then lose in overtime without touching the ball, which we only talk about when it happens to poor Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Probably cost the Chiefs Super Bowl that year. They didn't change any rules for us. But set that aside. Tua's never played in a playoff game. And that is, man, that is the other thing about these these NFL playoffs that is just bananas. Right now, if the playoff picture holds, okay, I'm going to go team by team. And I'm going to do this off the top of my head, but I think I'm going to have it right. Quarterback playoff experience, okay? Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has played 14 playoff games, has won 11, okay? Lamar Jackson, four playoff games total, one victory. Trevor Lawrence, two playoff games total, one victory. Tua Tungavailoa has never played in the playoffs. Uh, Kenny Pickett has never played in the playoffs. Dorian Thompson-Robinson for Cleveland has never played in the playoffs. Gardner Minshew for the Colts. Has Gardner, did did Gardner play, uh, this one I got to look up, did Dar- Gardner play in the playoffs like as a backup one, like come into a game? No, he didn't. So right now as the bracket is, every other starting quarterback in the AFC combined, combined, has two playoff victories, and then there's Mahomes with 11. And by the way, you go to, fill, you go to the NFC, it's, it's different, but it's still Jalen Hurts is. What is Jalen in the playoffs? Jalen Hurts is two and two in the playoffs. Brock Purdy is two and one, and the one you can put an asterisk on if you want. Like I, he got knocked mm-hmm. out of that game like We're instantly. There. Uh, Jared Goff. What is Goff in the playoffs? Is he four and two? Let me let me. I gotta look at that because Goff obviously had all those playoff games. With um, with Detroit. So golf as a starter is two and three, but he came but he came in to a game that that they ended up losing. But golf as a starter is two and three in the postseason. Really, only two wins. Yeah, I guess they had a bye and went to the Super Bowl, so that makes sense. Um, obviously Desmond Ritter's never been in the postseason. Uh, Dak Prescott's two and four. Geno's zero and zero, and Josh Dobbs is zero and zero. So Mahomes right now does Mahomes have more playoff victories than every other quarterback combined that like would make the postseason? I mean that's bananas. And in the and the guys with some experience are all on the NFC side of things. Right. So that is an element for this postseason. Oddly, this all changes if Cleveland sticks with Flacco. Flacco's got a lot of playoff experience, but he also hasn't played football in a year, and he hasn't played good football in six years. All right, next. <laughs> all right, the Cowboys have been making easy work of all the light teams. Uh, they play a falling yeah. Seattle tonight. Uh, Dak has cleaned up his game a lot, but Seattle's defense is forced to turn over in six of their last seven games. Are you worried that mm-hmm. this is going to be a trap game for Dak Prescott? No, I, I don't. I also wonder... 
Typically, Thursday night games are sloppy games. I wonder how much that changes by the fact that both of these teams played last Thursday, so both of these teams are on regular rest. One of the reasons Thursday night games are bad is because teams played on Sunday, they didn't play on Thursday, they don't have a full week of practice, they're beat up, all those things. But these teams all played Thursday. And, or both these teams played Thursday. So it's a regular week, just and the days are different. both these teams kind of like really need this win, I feel like. It's a, well, it's a for very different reasons, but right. that's 100% correct. Seattle, Seattle could fall out of the playoffs, man. Like, right. I thought Seattle was pretty well locked as a wild card. But Seattle, all of a sudden, that Rams loss, that one-point Rams loss is such a killer for them. After this Cowboys game, Demonze, their next two are Niners-Eagles. So if they lose tonight, a five-game losing streak is absolutely on the table, and all of a sudden a team that was 6-3 and three can be 6-8. and eight. And the other reason that Rams loss is so devastating is the Rams are one of the teams chasing them for a wild-card spot. If they finish with the same record, the Rams go because, well, uh, you know what I'm saying, I'm an idiot. They they play the Rams again, uh, because or they no actually they are, oh they lost the Rams twice this year because they played them week one so I'm right about that if they finish with the same record as the Rams the Rams go to the playoffs they don't so this could go left on Seattle in a big way for the Cowboys if you don't think the Cowboys can catch Philly then this game's really not that important they're just gonna be the five seed whether they win. 10 games or 13 games, if they're not going to win the division, they're the five seed. The real question is, can Dallas catch Philly? But that is trickier than it sounds. Because here's the deal on that. Dallas, in order to catch, in order to pass Philly, because Dallas has three conference losses, Unless you assume that Philly is going to gag a game against the Giants, which they're not going to. Not only do they have to beat them, DeMonze, they have to finish with a better record. Dallas is not going to, if they both finish 14-3, and if Dallas runs the table and finishes with the same record as Philly, Philly wins on conference record tiebreaker. So that Philly right now has zero conference losses. Mm. Dallas, all of their losses are conference losses. So the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. If Dallas beats Philly in a week and a half, that'll be split. The second Mm. record is divisional record. Unless you think the Giants are going to steal one from Philly, which they're not, they're both going to finish the year 5-1 and in the division if Dallas beats them. So that's tied. The next tiebreaker is conference record, and Philly is not going to have three conference losses. And if they were to have three conference losses, they're not going to be tied with Dallas anyway. Point I'm making is, if Dallas runs the table, for Dallas to win the division, the following things I believe have to happen. They have to run the table. Philly has to lose this week to San Francisco and obviously next week to Dallas. And Philly has to lose one of their final four games, which are at Seattle, home for the Giants, home for the Cardinals, at the Giants. Do you think so, there's a chance that the Eagles do that? Uh, we've got it locked up. We're going to rest Jalen Hurts and our starters. I'm ready for the postseason. Well, so, y- yes, I do. 
I also, I this is my annual galaxy brain plea, and this doesn't typically, you, you don't usually even have this opportunity. And Philly, let's just say, for the sake of argument, Philly beats the Niners this week and beats Dallas. They do both of those things. They could absolutely have the one seed locked up after their 15th game. In that very unique scenario, I've always thought the smarter thing would be to rest players in your second-to-last second game to la- right. and then play guys in your last game because you're going to have a bye anyway. And all of a sudden, if you if you have the one seed locked up and you rest guys in your final week of the year, then all of a sudden you go three weeks without playing a game and there's, to me a real risk of roster something there. If you have the opportunity to rest guys with two games left, I wouldn't rest them for both, but I would do it in week 17, not week 18. I don't think, though, this is going to... Well, let me rephrase it. If Philly beats the Niners, they could lock this up. With Detroit's bad loss, the Niners would then have four losses. Philly would have the head-to-head against San Francisco. I am... I'm hoping we get some late season intrigue. I don't know. I don't know if we will. In the AFC, I think it will I I think it will be hard for the Chiefs to lock up the one seed early because they have the three losses, same as Baltimore, same as Jacksonville, same as Miami. And even though they're gonna have the tiebreaker against all three of those teams, I I don't see there being massive separation. Um. All right. Next, 49ers are heading heading to Philly for America's yep. Game of the Week in an NFC Championship rematch. Last year, yep. obviously, Brock, Brock Purdy got injured at the beginning of the game. Christian McCaffrey yep. ended up being quarterback at one point, actually. But yep. uh, maybe if Brock Purdy would have finished that game, you would have given him credit this year. So if he wins that game, if he goes and he beats the Eagles. Will you finally give him his credit, or will you need to see more I, in the postseason? So again, uh, guys, I, the, this oh, if is, he's if he's trailing to the Eagles, folks, then you'll just give keep him. asking me the same. First of all, I do not feel, and I hate to be a broken record on this. We are on first things first. We are promoting this football game, America's Game of the Week, going to be one of the most oh, watched games of the year. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say, Demonze? Yes, I know exactly what yeah, you're going to you, say. You, okay. <laughs> so, on TV, when we have a big football game, they show you the games that are being played, and then the marquee game on the list, like, here's the 1 o'clock games, here's the 4 o'clock games, America's Game of the Week, Niners-Eagles. And whenever we have that, like tonight, Amazon, if they're running promos, you're going to see Dak and Geno. And... When the other, you know, last week when it was Jags Texans, you saw Trevor and CJ Stroud. And it's like, these are the stars. Come watch them. For the Niners game, Niners Eagles, it's Jalen Hurts on one side of the graphic and Christian McCaffrey on the other. And you can say, Nick, that's ridiculous. You're being unfair. That's a great. It is a data point that even the graphics producers, like, hey, Who's the star of the Niners? Who's who's the uh, what's the we yeah, almost like always put quarterbacks over Patrick on, Mahomes. 
Never had. I'm telling you that's correct. I'm telling you maybe maybe a Taylor Swift related one. I'm telling you when we that, that we when we promote Giants games last year, and it was <laughs> Saquon or Daniel Jones, they would put Daniel Jones on the graphic. You know why? Tie goes to the quarterback, but this ain't a tie. So we would. The point I'm trying to make is we would put these graphics up and talk about Jalen Hurts and Christian McCaffrey or the stars, and then the question we would ask on the TV show is, is Brock Purdy the MVP of the entire league? <laughs> Me not wanting a guy who can't even make the the sizzle reel Yo, graphic for so his team. So if he wins this game versus Philly, maybe they'll put him on the graphic next time. Question is, if he goes out there and he beats Philly, are you then going to give him credit? Because Philly is clearly a good team. I've already given him credit, and I don't doubt that he can beat good teams. That's the other thing. People are turn are making my Brock Purdy critique into what they want it to be because my Brock Purdy critique was so 100% spot on that now people are trying to straw man against it. They're like, well, will you at least say he doesn't suck? I don't think he sucks. <laughs> well... Will you will you admit he can beat good teams? Never said they can't beat good teams. Nope. My Brock Purdy <laughs> critique is very, very simple. I question his ability to play at a high level if all of the Avengers are not there with him, and I question his ability to play at a high level if the Niners are trailing and the defense is not first and foremost worried about Christian McCaffrey, they are worried about him throwing. That's what I question. And unfortunately for him, he has had three games this year where those circumstances have popped up and he's 0 for 3. I do not question his ability to play great early in games against just about anyone. He rolled Dallas. That was impressive. It didn't answer... I, I, I'm running out of analogies to make for these these things. It's like if if my worry about uh, uh, the – if when DeMonte moved to L.A., I was like, man, I'm really worried about him. And I wasn't. I'm just going to – I don't want to use another car analogy. I'm really worried about him Monday mornings oversleeping for work. And then – Thursday, he calls me. It's like, oh, you still worried? I got in on time today. I'm like, I wasn't worried about Thursdays. I was worried about Mondays. And then in Sunday, he's like, hey, in the office doing extra work. You still worried about me? I was like, I wasn't worried about you not showing doing extra work. I was worried about a very specific thing. And then if the first Monday he's got to be there early, he sleeps, oversleeps. And the second time he oversleeps. And the third time he oversleeps. But then he doesn't have to be in early Monday again for six weeks. Like, oh, you still worried about that old shit? Yeah, I am. Because the three times you had the opportunity, you you failed. Like, that, that's just where we're at. Wait, So, so I don't know what people want from me. It's going to be, I think the weather's going to be bad in Philly. I think it's going to be raining, windy, and all that stuff. Yep. I know other quarterbacks yep. in the league struggle to play in the rain. Um, mm mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's hard. Like keep control of the ball and stuff like sure. that. Does that yeah. does that add any extra incentive? Well, I think that's the the only thing that the weather sloppy games typically 
If you're an underdog, you would rather the conditions... The, oh, oh, that's a, yeah. Trevor does, by the way. That's a fair indictment of him. Yeah, Trevor does. Yeah. I want one other thing. I don't even want to talk about the weather. I don't care. We'll see. Like, if <laughs> if you are a sizable underdog, you want bad conditions because it adds variance. Neither one of these teams are a sizable underdog. They're both, you know what I mean, hard nosed teams. I find I I don't think I think if either of these teams' pass rush doesn't get home, they're in trouble. Because the Niners secondary with Hufanga injured can get got, and we know the Eagles secondary can get got all year by just about anybody. What I do want to say is, for folks thinking that I'm being picking on Brock Purdy, I want to be very clear. I feel not to the same level, but very similarly about Tua. That Tua's numbers tell me he is a great player. And I do not know that that's true. He might be, but I have real questions about how much of Tua is the system, Tyreek, and the weapons. And so when I'm doing, like, MVP candidates, I think it is very, very difficult, almost impossible, to have multiple league MVP candidates on the same team on the same side of the ball. So for the Niners, their MVP candidate, in my opinion, is Christian McCaffrey. And for the Dolphins, their MVP candidate is Tyreek Hill. And if we want to make it just a quarterback award, that's fine. But then it has to go to the objectively, no doubt, great quarterbacks. And I don't believe Brock Purdy is that. We'll see. We will see. And again, people are like, so if they blow out the the Eagles, that won't answer your questions? No, because that's not the question I have. I do. My question is not, are they talented enough to blow out really good teams? We know they are. And guys, we'll I have been you can say I'm stubborn. I've been nothing wait. if not consistent wait, on this. Wait, Go that's ahead. that's that's not that's I didn't think that was fair. Do they if they blow out the Eagles, it's not like they have the tendency like look at the look at their losses this year. If they blow out the Eagles, that's huge. Like that's that's not just something that they've just done all the time. It's the Eagles, the type of season that they're having this year. Like that's I, that's not it's not it, fair. I I no no no. I will. Oh, you can say it's unfair. Let me make sure we're understanding each other. Blowing out the Eagles would be a wildly impressive San Francisco 49ers accomplishment. Blowing out the Eagles would not necessarily answer my questions about Brock Purdy. I do not. I do not doubt that he can play almost perfect football when everything is rolling right for them. But because, and call it the scars of Jimmy Garoppolo, because I saw that exact same thing from a guy who now everyone agrees with me stinks, that I have real questions. That's it. Moving on. Next. All right. Uh, the biggest question heading into the in-season tournament was, was would the players care? Uh, it, at this point, yeah. it's clear that they care. They're grinding hard to uh, get the advantages of the point differential. Uh, so if the tourney is here to stay and the Lakers win the first ever one, which will be more important to LeBron's legacy, the in-season tournament win or the Mickey Mouse ring? Okay, you don't even you didn't even want to read that question. I this wanted is, to say the bubble. This is the, 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 yeah, I, I know. I know you didn't. This is where... The despite us doing 197 shows, 
the producers and I have a fundamental <laughs> disagreement on what creates the best content. They are convinced <laughs> that trying to irritate me with nonsense is great content. I am less convinced of that. So they are trying to have me rehash an old stupid uh, Twitter take of uh, essentially the uh, LeBron really, if you break it down, has got no rings. The you know it's the I forgot even the reason people That's discredit a crazy the first argument, one. but I've the second one. one is like Ray Allen. The third one is Kyrie. The fourth one they put a Mickey Mouse head. They're like, really? What do you want? I don't even know. There's a way they discredit the first ring. I don't even remember what the way they do it is. But no, the here is what I will say. Uh, I am. I think the in season tournament has been a fabulous success. People were like, ah, it's going to be dumb. No one's going to care. The players care. And as we know, <clears throat> in this league, if the players care, people buy in. And I think, I don't know if this was done naturally or if Adam Silver called in a favor to LeBron and Steph specifically, but LeBron and Steph both, from the very beginning, bought in publicly, talked about it, you know, and Steph, someone asked Steph, I like, yeah, nobody that. understands it. And Steph was like, well, what's there not to understand? It's very simple. Take you 30 seconds, read it, and get it. The fact that the stars bought in, and now if we can throw that bracket back up, here is, and Doc Rivers talked about this on Simmons' podcast, here is what is going to be fascinating. And I am excited to see. Do the coaches of these teams, now that we are in single elimination, go to a playoff rotation? Do they risk the the up Doc Rivers talked about this, right? The the benefit for the coaches is, oh, okay, I get to kind of see how some of uh, let's say you're a pay, the Pacers and you don't have real playoff experience and you want to see how guys respond in the moment. It's different for the Celtics or the Lakers or the Bucks who have been on deep playoff runs, you know what I mean, with the, those guys. Uh how our guys respond to these moments. That's a benefit. The potential downside is regular season game, you're going to play 10, 11 guys. Postseason game, postseason elimination game, you're going to play seven. Is there a downstream effect if all of a sudden a key piece of your regular season rotation gets put on ice in these in-season tournament games? Because I, if, if that happens in the postseason... And a guy's pissed, you don't really care. You're like, well, the season's ending. If you have a bad attitude, you know what I mean? We can move on from you after the year. We're trying to win. But if I'll use the Lakers, for instance, even though he had a great game last night. If D'Angelo Russell were to get benched in the fourth quarter of an in-season tournament game, and then a week later, it's like, okay, we're back to our regular rotation. Does that have a negative impact? I'm ex- I'm interested in it. And I think the... I think you're going to see guys play big minutes. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I don't think it's right now. Right now, like in-season tournament championship won't mean anything on a resume. On a, like, you know, when you're talking about them. But in 20 years, if it becomes, you know, a real thing people care about, I absolutely think... It won't be anything like a championship or even a finals appearance, but I do think people will be like, oh, look, how about that? 
Like what? The Nuggets didn't make it this year, which is unfortunate. This is the Jamal injury. But I do think this could be a thing. Like let, let's use your Celtics People for instance. People want to stack them up, just like yes. anything else. And let's say let's say the Celtics win the in-season tournament, finish with the best record in basketball, and win the championship. I do think that, you know what I mean, years later, people, yeah, people will be like, oh, I mean, they they won everything you could win that season. Right. And so I think that, and for a Pacers team that is a fun, good team, and Halliburton's awesome, they, I don't, I don't believe they can win the title this year, but they can win this tournament. And I do wonder if that is like a foundation, just like I thought the Kings last year making the playoffs, going to seven with the Warriors was an important foundational moment. For the Kings or the Pacers, winning this tournament would feel like something. And for the Suns, who have so little experience with these guys playing together and they still don't, like could that be a springboard? So for all those reasons, I'm excited for it. All right, next. Let's just go to the next Uh thing. Yeah, so there's a few other stories, and uh, we couldn't pack them. Into, we're going to pack them into the show before we get to the P block. Yeah. Uh, so first off, we got Mark Cuban. He's selling majority of stake, uh, his stake in Mavs for three and a half billion, while still yep. leading basketball operations. That, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Aaron Rodgers was cleared to return to practice just ahead of his 40th birthday, and Caleb Williams said that his decision to clear for the draft is still a game time decision. Decision. Which one of these surprises you the most? Uh, Cuban for sure. Listen, Caleb's. It doesn't matter who gets the number one pick. Caleb's going. He's going to the draft. I. I. There's to me a zero percent chance he doesn't. Aaron Rodgers. I. I. I did something on TV yesterday on Rodgers, that I thought was really clearly caked in heavy sarcasm, but Demonze and others were a little, I think, thrown off by it. And didn't necessarily pick up on it. Some did, some didn't. I'm going to talk... I I have a very strong opinion on what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, it, it is... It is a bit of an indictment of him. Not a yeah. bit of. It's a total indictment of him. And it's so much so that I am... Because it's my my opinion is I, I can't prove it. It's based, I think, on a lot of circumstantial evidence, but circumstantial evidence, I'm d- debating internally whether I want to publicly say it. I haven't come to a conclusion on that yet. So the Rogers thing I'm going to set aside. People Maybe I'll come Cuban. to a conclusion by the, oh, the, go ahead. People are right, saying Mark Cuban might be trying to run for president. Speculation here. Okay, all right, that's fine. That's, that's not reckless that. speculation. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, I was because people were saying other concerns about this, and so I want to make sure. You oh know, no, 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 I'm not. I'll, I'll I'm done with that. No, I'm not. All um, <laughs> I so the Cuban news broke when I was doing a pod with Colin, and Colin just threw at me. He's running for president, and I didn't even think of it. Now, uh, Lebetard's people threw out there that they think Cuban, this is the canary in the coal mine that maybe the NBA's next TV deal isn't going to be as lucrative as people think, and so the franchise values are going to drop, so Cuban's getting out now. The problem with that line of reasoning is, why would he also be quitting Shark Tank? 
So I don't know the Cuban quitting Shark Tank and selling the Mavs is I don't it's not nothing. It certainly surprised me, but I don't the the running for president thing, he said he's not. I also I I I, I like Mark Cuban a lot. I think the thing he's doing with cost plus drugs is one of the coolest things anyone could do with their money. If people like he he basically opened his own pharmacy where he charges people exactly what the the prescriptions cost him plus 10% and it saves a lot that's, of people hundreds awesome. of dollars a month. It's such and for him he's like it's smart. He's like it's an easy business model. Our overhead's very low. We still make a little bit of money and it's helpful. Collins' theory was that is a great way to, you know, garner public support, garner mm-hmm. support with seniors who vote, all those things. I also think Mark Cuban is a super sharp guy. And we, in this, in our culture, we, in my opinion, erroneously assign brilliance to wealthy people. Sometimes it's true, but oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes someone either got incredibly lucky on timing or is brilliant on a very specific thing but it you know it is uh, their their knowledge is a million miles deep and two inches wide Cuban's not one of those people Cuban is I think very sharp on a lot mm-hmm. of things and I do think Cuban could be I don't know if he'd be a good president or not but I think his vision and leadership stuff, I, I let me put it like this. I'd listen to him with an open mind on any ideas he had or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, if we were to do politics just for a second, no matter how much people wish this was not the case, the next president of the United States is either going to be Joe Biden or Donald Trump. That that's, We are too close, too close to the next election. You have an incumbent. And then you have a guy who is wildly popular amongst the his party. It's going to be one of those two guys. I think there's a lot of wish casting on could a different Republican replace Trump? No, they're not gonna they're not gonna beat him. Uh, will Biden step down? No, he's not going to. Like the and so it's going to be one of those two people. Even if a lot of people wish there was a viable third option, whether your viable third option would be Gavin Newsom or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mark Cuban, in my opinion, it's going to be one of those two. Uh, you know what and I in got my from opinion, all that? that is, what'd you say? You know what I got from all that? What? What's that? Sounds like Shark Tank what's needs that? a new shark. Oh, you think you could do it? Think you I think you could be one of those investors? Maybe. I. I Here's the thing. I think you'd actually, you have pretty good instincts. I think you'd actually be good in those roles. The problem is you have no money. You're about a hundred million. If you need a hundred million to be one of the sharks, you're about 99,998,000 short. So aside from that, I think you'd be great. Quick break right back to our gambling show. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back. What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 197. Holidays are upon us. Everyone's going to start thinking about what gifts to buy their significant others. I know I already have, and I'm excited to share a great holiday gift idea with you. Lightbox. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are proudly grown from 100% renewable wind energy at the Lightbox Lab in Portland, Oregon. Not only that, but they are simply priced. Lightbox's lab-grown diamond jewelry ranges from classic studs, of-the-moment tennis bracelets, drop earrings, and so much more. More about these the studs in just a moment. And you can see Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are perfect for family, friends, even yourself. Make it easy for yourself and get everyone something special with a discount we have for you. Shop now at lightboxjewelry.com and use promo code NICKWRITE for 10% off site-wide. That's lightboxjewelry.com, promo code NICKWRITE for 10% off site-wide. Wide And when we say they have diamond studs, I don't know if we can put Demonze on camera, but Demonze's rocking a brand new pair of the diamond studs from our friends at Lightbox. I can't see them right now, but I'm, I hope the audience can. Demonze, you're, you just got them a couple days ago. 
your thoughts, how they feel, how they look. I haven't seen them in person yet. Yeah, so these are them. Um, Yeah. You guys can see. I love them. I think they're the perfect size. They do the little, uh, when the light hits them, they have that little cool aesthetic where it looks like they're dancing. Um, But yeah, I think they'd be. (laughs) That's great. No, seriously. No, they're really dope. Um, I think they'd be a perfect gift for girlfriend, boyfriend. Mom, dad, um, whoever. Lightbox.com, promo code Nick Wright for 10% off site wide. Uh, they look great on you. All right, Demonze. sir. Uh, gambling show. Let's talk last week because your guy, as promised, for the stretch run, got hot. The stretch run. EIA got all the data, crunched the numbers. Can we show the picks? So, oh, looky there. Look who's above 500 for the first time all year. 30, 29, and 1. Now, yes, with the VIG, that means I'm down 1.9 units. I understand that. And because we're real gamblers, we we include the VIG. We gotta, you got to win at least 52.5% against the spread. 30, 29, and 1 is not quite that. But to pull ourselves up out of the muck we were in to start the year to right now before the calendar even hits December to be above 500 gives us a great chance at our fifth winning year in our last six years of doing this on television and on podcasts. So what were the winners? Green Bay plus eight and a half at Detroit. Was that a sweat? Nope. They dominated the entire game. Dallas minus 13 and a half against Washington. Was that a sweat? Nope. They won by 35 points. Pittsburgh minus a point and a half at Cincinnati against Jake Browning. Was that a sweat? Absolutely not. They were up nine late. That was a vintage, never a doubt. Even if they had given up a touchdown, they'd have won by two. Jacksonville minus one and a half at Houston. Bit of a sweat. Small sweat, but they covered. It was no problem. We believed in Trevor. And Cleveland plus one and a half at Denver. I got to tell you this much right now. I know they ended up getting blown out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson got knocked out of the game on a dirty hit when it was a two-point game. I was right there. I was right where I needed to be. Quarterback got knocked out. We'll take a four and one, and we're going to build on that, my friends. We still don't have the highly coveted five and oh week yet this week or this year. I don't know that this week's going to be a 5-0, and but I know it's coming at some point. So, Demond, And by the way, shout out to the Action Network and Evan Abrams for helping us with some of these stats we're going to give you. Demonze, what's the first one? Our first one, or your first one you've got here, is Houston minus 3.5 versus Denver. Yeah, I mean, your initial reaction is, ooh, 3.5. Like that, that hook, that could be a painful hook. Counterpoint to that. Houston's good. Denver's not. You think right now, Denver? Well, I think Houston's going to win the game by a lot. I think Houston's going to win the game by more than a touchdown. Denver right now is surviving on something that I believe to be not sustainable, which is turnover margin. So let me give you the games they've played this year, and or not this year. But the turnover situation. So on this winning streak, they have turned the ball over a total of three times. Credit to him, credit to Russ. Not turning the ball over, not throwing picks, not fumbling like he was. They had no turnovers in their first win against Green Bay. One against the Chiefs. One against Buffalo. None against Minnesota. One against Cleveland. On the flip side, they have forced this many turnovers on this winning streak. One against Green Bay. Five against the Chiefs, four against the Bills, 
three against the Vikings, three against the Browns. So on this five-game winning streak, they are plus 12 in the giveaway takeaway. Forced 15 allowed three or committed three. That is not going to sustain against C.J. Stroud, who one of the things he's done the best this year is take care of the football. So you have that going. You have the fact that Denver wants to play a low-scoring defensive game. You know what Houston wants to do? Air that sucker out. You add to it uh, that uh, the Texans this week, this isn't really a betting note, but it's just interesting. With a win this week, they hit their their over for their preseason win total, which was set at 6.5. And I understand C.J. Stroud is 0-4 as a favorite, I think Denver right now is wildly overvalued. I think Denver is going to end up being a seven or eight win team, even as they sit here at six and five. Denver at Houston, at the Chargers, at the Lions, their next three. It feels like three straight losses. This feels to me like a 28 13 Houston win. I'm laying the three and a half to Monte. Oh, okay. I don't feel super strongly about I I'd stay away from this game. If I were um, okay, a square better, but I'm a sharp one. So uh, wait, I think you got that backwards. Go I, ahead, I did, next. I did, I did get it backwards. No, Tampa Bay just... minus five and a half versus Carolina. <laughs> and evidently that that line's moved to five. Uh so the Bucks obviously are in a bit of a tailspin. They've lost what six of seven after starting three and one. That part's not good. And there is the slight concern of Carolina getting the new coach bounce. But I am here to tell you, this Carolina Panthers team is painfully bad on offense. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to uh I don't take any happiness or joy or pride in in Bryce's struggles. I the I might not even be Bryce's the, I, fault see, at this point is what it looks like. It's, eh, I mean it's not all his fault, but and I don't want to sound like a broken record or like an old man or an old NFL scout. The guy's too small. He can't see the middle of the field. He has trouble seeing over his offensive lineman. He is not accessing the part all parts of the field to make throws, which makes this team incredibly easy to defend. You add to it, they don't have any great receivers. You add to it, they don't have a great offensive line. And you have a team that has scored the following points this season. 10, 17, 27, shout out. 13, 24, 21. Oh, okay. The offense was okay to start the year. Since then, 15, 13, 13, 10, 10. Tampa Bay is in an absolute gotta have it must win spot. They are very alive for the division. I think Baker has played pretty decent. I think this past week he got hurt, fought through it, came back in. And this just honestly feels like a 17 10 or 21 10 Tampa win. You don't love laying five points with a bad team, and Tampa's a bad team, but Carolina is the worst team in football and they just fired their coach. And there is your mom is here now trying to make me laugh. They're distracting me from this very important camp. 
So sometimes you get the new coach bounce. So mm-hmm. you, we saw it last year. The Broncos got it temporarily after firing Hackett. The Raiders got it after firing yeah. Josh McDaniel. Uh, but that's when a coach, the Josh McDaniel thing was the players hated him. Right. I don't think the players hated Frank Reich. I think the players, if anything, see Frank Reich not even get 11 games or get 11 games as the head coach and is worried. Everyone's worried. This just feels like a Tampa spot. All right, next. Uh, Tennessee plus one and a half versus in versus the Colts. All right. My, listen, Mike Vrabel is a dog. I understand the Titans prior to their recent win had lost like 14 of 17 games. Uh, the Titans this year are four and two against the spread in games with a uh, spread of three or less. The I like Will Levis. I don't love Will Levis, but I like Will Levis. The Colts are going to be without Jonathan Taylor. I'm getting the to me the Titans and the Colts. The Colts are better at full strength, but they're not at full strength. Jonathan Taylor's gone. Tennessee's going to try to muck this up. I'm it's a divisional game. I'm getting a home dog with the better coach. So it just checks too many boxes as far as sharp betting. Better coach, home dog, better quarterback, divisional game. Give me the points. Uh, and so Gardner Minshew, 9-11 against the spread of the last 20 starts. That's not that bad, actually. But I'll take the home dog in Vrabel. And I think the right now, when you look at the NFL playoff picture, this is not a sharp betting note. It's just the truth. When you look at the NFL playoff picture, of both conferences, there is one thing that stands out that you're like, that that's not right. The Colts are a playoff team. Of course they're not. Come on now. Of course they're not. And they're not, even though they are right now, because they're going to lose this game. Give me the Titans plus a point and a half. Next. All right. Uh, you got Philly plus three versus San Francisco. Yeah. So this is, this is very simple. I absolutely, Demonze, can see San Francisco winning this game. I absolutely could see the Niners picking apart that bad Eagles secondary if they can't get home. If they can't get a pass rush on Purdy, Purdy will probably cook in this game. I can absolutely see uh, the Chiefs were able to run on Philly. Christian, and nobody's been able to run on Philly other than Kansas City. Christian McCaffrey's great back. I could see him running on Philly. Philly has been playing with fire the last month and a half. You know what I mean? Almost daring a team to beat them, and no one's been able to do it. So all of that is a case to take San Francisco. However, you have a 10-1 healthy team at home, and I'm getting a full field goal. That is just on gambling fundamentals. This is a must-pick Philly. Uh, It's just a blind bet. A 10-1 in the Super Bowl era. There has never been a team, 10-1 and one or better, at home with its healthy starting quarterback getting three points or more. It's never happened. The only times it has happened is when a team is resting starters in week 17 because they've clinched the bye, and so that's not their real team. Also, uh, Eagles 8-2-1 and one against the spread this season. Jalen Hurts in his career as Eagles quarterback at home, 17-6-1. Brock Purdy is a covering machine at home. On the road, he's 4-5 and five against the spread. Uh, and I just, 
I am not going to put a ton of money on this, but it is just the right side to be on. The Eagles get it. I thought when this game happened, I do the the same thing Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal do, the guess the lines thing. I do it by myself, essentially, every uh, Sunday night. When the game, when the Sunday night football game ends, I look at the slate, I open my gambling app, I cover up the point spreads with one hand and just look at the games and then scroll. To, I guess the line and scroll. I was five and a half points off. I thought it was going to be Philly by two and a half. It was the Niners by, well, at the time I wasn't five and a half points off because it was the Niners by two. But now it's the Niners by three. I Philly plus three is a must. It's just a must. All right, next. Yeah, uh, Kansas City minus six at Green Bay. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win by more than a touchdown. I Listen, Jordan Love credit, to, and they are on extra rest, are the Packers, so that's good for them. They're at home. That's good for them. The Chiefs started cooking again last week. The Packers are a decent team. The Chiefs understand that if they want to guarantee they get the one seed, they have to win out. They probably can lose a game uh, and still get the one seed, but they control their own destiny by winning out. And I just, this felt like it should be Kansas City by seven and a half or eight. It's Kansas City by six. I'm laying less than a touchdown. Gunslinger on their team, man. Well, listen, that is true. However, and Jordan Love played great on Thanksgiving. However, we have seen high highs and some low lows from Jordan Love. I think this Chiefs defense is going to light him up. And the Detroit defense was not able to. I don't uh the I don't really have deep level analysis on this other than and you guys know, I don't pick the Chiefs every week. The Chiefs actually are rarely in the picks and they're almost never in the picks if they're a big favorite. This is a Chiefs spot. To me, this is a vintage Chiefs win. This is a 31-13 type of win. I'll lay the six points happily. Uh, All right, so DeMonte, let's do the recap. Recap of it was Houston minus three and a half at home against Denver. Tampa minus five at home against Carolina. Tennessee plus one and a half at home against Indy. Philly plus three at home against San Francisco. And KC minus six at Green Bay. Go ahead, pal. Um. Yeah. You you're, you want to do your the teasers? teasers. Your yeah, teaser let's do the, the yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's show the recap of last week. So are we going to show the last two weeks? Okay, sweet. Yeah, we're so just going to show my last. Go one. ahead, sweet. That's so minus so three. two weeks ago, two weeks ago you won. Yeah, right. Dallas, Pittsburgh, and, and Detroit. That was a great one. And we didn't yeah. weren't able to do a gambling show to celebrate you. How did you build on that momentum, pal? And how did you? How did you turn this? Oh, oh. are you serious, bro? Uh, what? What? How did I you just, build on I, that momentum? Um, I, yeah, I, I so was, we had I Green Bay plus fifteen and a half at Detroit. That was covering the entire game. Yep. Dallas minus yep. eight and a half for, uh, versus or six. Is this eight and six? Wash, six, six and, and, and a half, half versus Washington. Washington. Yep. Yeah, and then Seattle um, looked like they could have been covering there at the like end of the third quarter. I want to say, but. Uh, yeah, after yeah, the pick six, you had a little hope. Yeah. Had a little yeah. hope. So, All right, what, what um, are we doing this week, pal? This week's teaser is a three-team, seven-and-a-half-point teaser uh, at plus, mm-hmm. uh, plus 105 of the odds. Uh, yeah. So we're teasing Arizona up to plus 13 uh, at Pittsburgh. I like that. 
And then we're teasing Detroit up to plus three at New Orleans. And then we're teasing Kansas City up to plus one and a half at Green Bay. Um, that's the teaser. Nothing. You took what? The the, the our Detroit. Well, or Detroit, I right? mean, you're just teasing through the zero twice. Oh yeah, you're dude, not like what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, with the kid, I, what I, trust the, I, I trust the I trust the Chiefs to get the win. Is this not a? I understand, but you're just but you're just not getting teaser. You're not getting enough value, and you're the only thing. The zero I, I, on I, okay, I'm gonna make another impromptu thing because the last time I did this, it actually yeah. hit, and the other one I think lost yeah. the one that I took out. Uh, yeah. So I am gonna take. Um, I'm taking Detroit out. I'm leaving Kansas City there. Okay, thank God. Uh, I'm taking okay. I'm taking Detroit out, and I want I want to put Philly in at plus ten and a half. Um, I mean, San Francisco ruined you last week. You remember that, right? By blowing someone out, you do remember that that San Francisco yeah. screwed you. And okay, by the way, at least that has real teaser value. That makes it better. You were gonna get your first F teaser grade in weeks. Now you're to a solid C. This is a solid C teaser. The Wait, Arizona plus so, thirteen at Kansas City with a pick'em. That's kind of crazy. Like, it's because I'm guessing a, that's the only reason is, I have a C. Well, yeah, because you're you're not getting. You have a team that's favored by six, and now you're teasing them through the zero on a seven and a half point teaser. I just it's just bad teaser fundamentals. It's, but listen, what do I know? What do I know? Is I'm there 30, not some type of like, all right, so Daniel was just talking to me about his dad going off of vibes with the bets this mm-hmm. morning. His dad's been hitting. Yeah. Uh, so it's like. Yeah, that's not. But I, You want to know something? I feel, go ahead. It's also ahead. not solid fundamentals to go off of vibes. No, I'm all right. No, to, that's just, not. No, it, that's not. That was not the point that I was making. I'm just okay, saying that it's ahead. Kansas City playing Green Bay. Yeah. Giving them, uh, all right, one and a half, plus one and a half. Let's do it. I'm locking so that I, up. Chiefs so are going to win. He, all right, I'm not worried fine. about it. All right, can I just give you a better teaser? Can I just give, <laughs> yeah, you know what, yeah. Demonte, do two teasers since you like Kansas City. Just do a two-team, six-point teaser. The Chiefs to a pick em, and the Jags to oh, minus so you're two saying, and a half. Oh, so you're saying the teasing through there because of the odds. Like, it's the better, like... Yes, you you're paying, you're paying, exactly. You're paying a price for, you're buying all seven and a half of those points. But what you're telling me is, like that. you only, <laughs> right, that's what, that's what I meant by teaser fundamentals. You're, you're purchasing all seven and a half of those points. But with Kansas City, you're like, I don't even fucking want the last two of them. I just want them right. as a pick them. Well, then then find a bet. So I, 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 I see what you're saying. So it's not that it's that a losing bet. It's that you're buying something and paying a premium for it. So I a, a, a teaser I like this week is a two-team six-point teaser, the Chiefs to a pick them, and the Jags, who are eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Jake Browning and the Bengals, to minus two-and-a-half. So we get through all the key numbers. We need the Chiefs to win and the Jags to win by a field goal. That's a teaser I like. I'm adding it to Demonze's card. All right, uh, the offer this week. Go ahead, pal. The offer this week, uh, we are heading to college for this one because I saw a line yep. so goofy that I had to bring it up. Oh, wait, this is the, yep. the thing. Yo, so Iowa, yeah. team total for mm-hmm. the first half against Michigan is .5, um, and it's the yeah. same for the second half. Uh, I know you don't love totals, but are you going to turn down betting uh, betting on a team scoring one? 
I mean, you can't. So, listen, The here's the thing. I absolutely think the under is going to hit in one of these halves. I just don't know which one. I absolutely think Michigan will shut them out for at least a half. The funniest thing about this, this um, Iowa-Michigan game is the spread versus the game total. So, Iowa-Michigan... Let me, Michigan is a 21 and a half point favorite. Okay. But the total for the game is 34 and a half. So what does that mean? They think Michigan's going to win by at least 21, but there's not going to be 35 points scored. So what Vegas is telling you is they think this is either, this is a basically a 28 to six game. That's the way for Michigan to cover and the the both numbers, if they were to hit essentially on the number, they're saying it's going to be 28-6 or 28-7 is where Vegas lands on this. I do think uh, my prediction for the game, I think, was 24-3. That's what it feels like. It feels like an under, and it feels like Iowa goes scoreless in at least one of the halves. We answer your questions next. What's right Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back. What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 197. This episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. I love it because it's perfect for any situation. Say it's pouring rain. You don't want to go out to get your McDouble. Boom, McDelivery. Your team's playing. You don't want to miss a second. McDelivery. Been a long day. Better way to fix that and get in a delicious Double quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door. I personally love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or spending time with my family. And now, anytime you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food. And everybody loves free food. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right, Demonte, let's go through a couple of these seasons or a couple of these questions from the chat. Go ahead. Sizic Wave asked, Nick, do you think the Bears are set up in a way going forward they can make a leap going toward, uh, going forward towards similar to the Texans, depending on their quarterback-coach yeah. combo they decide? Absolutely. Now that's a big depending on. But if you get Caleb, you've got the most important part figured out. Now, part so the Texans, CJ was the most important part, but they also seem to nail the coach hire in D'Amico. That part's very, very hard. So you guys know what I have said the Bears should do, which is offer Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, buckets and buckets of money to come there and be with Caleb Williams as his head coach. It has the double impact of then you know, weakening your the team that's going to win your division. But yeah, they have a ton of money. They have a ton of draft picks. If they, if they, As long as the Panthers continue to be terrible, they have. I, I think the Bears are actually set up quite well. All right, next. Samuel Gold asks, Nick, can you rank every Mahomes Chief season from most enjoyable to least enjoyable? Sure. 
His first year as a starter, 2018, the 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, never seen anything like it. It was the first time in my lifetime the Chiefs had an amazing quarterback, and he was just so clearly immediately the best quarterback in the league. I've, and they were so high scoring. That was the most fun. The year, I'm not talking about the, the, I'm not doing it based on how the year ended, just the, over the course of the season watching it. Defending the championship, 2020. A, a forgotten year when a he he had I think he had thirty eight touchdowns six picks he was fourteen and one as a starter as the defending champion should have won league MVP and that team was a game away from playing to be undefeated it obviously ended in tragedy the way the Super Bowl went that was the second most fun the third most enjoyable uh, was last year. No Tyreek, real questions. They had lost to Burrow in the playoffs because Mahomes hadn't played well, and he just kicked ass and took names all year. The fourth most enjoyable would have been the 2019 season where coming off 2018, he was exceptional. They end up obviously winning the Super Bowl. The least enjoyable was 2021 when he had the the six-week slump in the middle of the season, and it was like, what's going on with the Chiefs? So that's how I'd rank them. This one was, up to this point, is right in line with 2021, but we'll see how this year ends. All right, next. Uh, Elliot Henry said, hey, Nick, watching since episode one. We appreciate you. I'm Thanks, going to Elliot. Kansas. I'm, I'm going to Kansas City in the summer. What's the number one thing I should check out there besides Arthur Bryant's? Uh, when you go to Arthur Bryant's, go to the Negro League Baseball Museum. It's worth half an afternoon. It's unbelievable. It's one of the coolest places in the country, in my opinion. And it, the history there and the exhibits, and it's just it's interactive. It's great. And also, if you're going in the summer, go to Kaufman. Uh, it is one of the most beautiful ballparks in the country. The fountains are great. It, it is a great, great place to watch a game. Uh, and... I mean, food-wise, yeah, it's Bryant's. There's, uh, all the barbecue places are obviously unbelievable. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a ton to do in my hometown, but it's, it's, a great, it's a great place to spend a long weekend. Those would be the number one things I would say to check out. Do some shopping on the plaza. You can do all that type of stuff. All right, great show. Great job, Demonte. I'll see you guys on TV. I got to run. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well. Wherever you get the podcast, same show, just you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.